Amen. You know, I have earplugs in my ear the whole time, so I don't get to hear you sing, but when I take them off, it sounds beautiful in here. And I'm so glad we serve a God that is willing to leave the pack to go chase after the one. Because at some point in our life, we're going to be that one. Amen? Before we get started, um, I want Stacy to come up here, and if, if you would, and she's going to share about what's going on tomorrow in Front Royal. First, I just want to say thank you to the Knaves, and I'm does Kimberly also? They found this yesterday, and I think this is just affirmation for us that we need to get back doing some amazing things. And I just was like, been praying about loads of love. How? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> that um, and it's funny because when we first started, Michelle had actually found a basket. Um, over at Joanne's that had, and we've used it ever since from the very beginning, that said loads of love on our table. So I just feel like that that's just very affirming that we need to continue. We haven't been able to do laundry because of COVID, um, which is very sad for me. But, um, and I, I mean, we've helped a few people individually because they've reached out to us and said we really could use your help. And so we met them down there one-on-one. -on -one. But as far as hosting events, we've not been able to do that. Um, the laundry center has a lot of restrictions against it. And so we're just praying that, you know, doors are going to open, that God's going to give us um, revelation of what our next step is and, and that's part of the ministry. But I want to talk today about Royal Love. Tomorrow is our event. Um, just if you're not aware, we host events um, once a month. It's usually the second Monday of every month um, at the Love Revival Ministry Center, which is at 119 Chester Street. Primarily because we needed to partner with another ministry who had a heart for reaching out. And they were already providing a lot of food for people, too. We were providing food here. And so we thought, let's join the forces and combine this and be able to provide for more people and give them more substance. So we um, created these what we call get-by bags, which is basically a two-day supply of food that helps um, kind of get them to the next paycheck or get them to whatever the next, you know, we know we can't do a super amount right now, but we know that we are, we are impacting, um, particularly our, our partners at the hotel that we've been helping a lot. Um, they come down. So we're averaging about 30 people right now that we're helping and we um, fully expect that that's going to grow. There aren't a lot of places in town that offer that. So we, uh, we just ask that you share it. If you know people who could benefit from it, if they're having a hard time, if they're struggling and you know about that, send them our way. We're there. You know, Beth and Rodney are like, although I'm there, I'm not really there. They're the ones who are really spearing this. And um, like they're the organizers. It, it's just fabulous. And we have an opportunity to minister to people if they like to. Um, so we just ask that if you have, one, any donations, um, John posted um, what the need was this time. That's probably an ongoing need. Um, so if you're ever, like, at the store and you're like, oh, I see that there's spam on sale or there's chicken on sale or, you know, um, just for information's sake, primarily the people that we are supporting are in hotels. They don't have access to a stove. There are very few that do. 
There are a couple that come and say, yep, I just need it for my family, but many of them don't. So we're still sticking with more of the mobile foods, pop top cans, um, anything that can be reheated really quickly. Um, that's what we're looking at, boxes of cereal, peanut butter, all of those types of things. So if you can help, we appreciate it. And just pray for it, because I fully expect that as we go into the fall season, as school picks up, when there's a lot of things that, you know, a lot of costly things that sometimes food isn't always um, the primary purchase, so, in these families. <laughs> oh, sorry, from, from six to seven. Six to seven. Thank you, Stacey. I put her on the spot this morning, literally at the last minute. Can you come up and share? So, thank you for doing that, and thank you to all who are helping with that effort, and um, there's God's God's going to do a, be doing a lot more with giving in this community. I just feel it in my spirit, and um, we'll talk more about that over the next few weeks. But we're just here to help. We're here to love our neighbor. I'll give you a little sneak peek. I wasn't going to do this, but I was up on the mountain this morning, walking, and you know, this is going to sound kind of crazy and kind of different. But, I'll, you know, God, what can we do as a church? What can we can do as a church and, you know, all this stuff. And he's been speaking some things to me, which I'll share in the next few weeks. Uh, but one of the things that he said, which was kind of funny, and I don't think we do this, but he said, I don't want, I don't want you to promote a church. I don't want you to promote a church. I want you just to love your neighbor. I want your church to do things because it's what I'm asking you to do for my children. And I saw, because what precipitated that, and um, I told Michelle I wasn't going to share any of this because it's just fresh in my mind, so I don't want to, but one of the things I was thinking about, it's like, oh, you know what, we should just do t-shirts again this fall, you know, and get, God's like, no, I don't want my, I don't want your name on a shirt, the name of your church on a shirt. I'll tell you what I want you to do, though, and we're going to figure this out. I want you to buy shirts and then give them to people. So I... We don't want to, and, and, and I have Royal Oak Church. Keep wearing them. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I'll, I'll wear one too every once in a while. But just in the long run, I, you know, because I see, this is what frustrates me with the church in general. And, and we're not perfect. Churches are never going to be perfect. There's always going to be frustrations, but we can still try to do things to, to make it a little bit better. And one of the things is I, I think churches have a hard time coming together in a community and helping because they want to be recognized as, well, our church did this, our church did that. It's just, it's kind of human nature kind of gets in. I, I, I want to erase that from the equation with everything we do. We come in here, I don't, I don't want a church of, of 10,000 people and a community that's hungry for the Lord. I'd rather have a church of what we got now and a community that knows God, not the church name. So keep praying about that. Yeah, give God the glory because that's what happens when you go up on a mountain and God talks to you. So I'm going to keep doing that because it's definitely worth doing. But thank you for uh, letting me share that just out of the blue. <laughs> but listen, um, school. Oh, school. Tomorrow? Okay, so tomorrow at 6.30 p.m., the, the newly appointed, who is he? 
superintendent of Warren County Public Schools is going to be here to talk about the decisions that were made this week from the school board. Um, we're going to put that on Facebook today and then tomorrow again. We're limited to 75 people in a room, but we are going to record the audio, and I will be diligently getting that done and out to the public right after the meeting so people can hear. So if you have questions or you know people that have questions about what's going on in Warren County as far as public school system, it'll be a good opportunity for you. I'm sure he will take questions, um, and Beth and... and um, Sarah, sorry. Beth and, we have so many Sarahs in here, so I should know that one. Um, Beth and Sarah have been kind of doing this for the past month, just getting a lot of good information out to parents that need to, you know, maybe changing the way they're schooling their kids. So it's been a great, um, great opportunity to get that. And it's all on our website, and I'll post that um, tomorrow, tonight, I mean. So thank you for getting a hold of him and I'm sure it'll be an interesting conversation. People are uh, already fighting about what's going to happen and what's not, but can't please everybody. The doors will be open. That's probably about 10 minutes before or something like that. That's what we normally do. It's at 6? I said 6.30, I think, right? 6.30. So about 6.15, if they come here, you can listen. And, but I'll put all that out on Facebook so people know in the community. All right, oh, I still have a half an hour. Okay, let's do this. So, been praying about what to uh, talk about for the next couple of weeks, and so far, and the Lord can change that in an instant, and I'm, I'm, I'll, I will be obedient if he has me stop this, but I'm going to talk about back-to-school preparations, and one subject this week we're going to talk about is math. Before we do that... What was your favorite subject in school? Math. Really? <laughs> who thinks math is evil? Okay. Who, who, who liked um, history class? Okay. I, I didn't get this count. So who likes math? Well, there's a nerd section over there. And Beth. Beth is a good math teacher. Um, what about science? You, you like math, but you don't like science? I like science. English? Oh, man. Really? Yeah. Okay, so we're going to talk about math today. And dismissal, yeah. Lunch. Lunch. How about lunch? <laughs> P.E. or gym, as they called it in New England. So it is that time to get back to school, and we're going to talk about math. So let's just do a quick review just to kind of help you out. So who knows the answer to that? Four. Close, Dad. Okay, well, let's look and see what the answer is. It, it, it definitely seems like you all need to get back to school. Okay, so one plus one equals two. Twenty, yes. Let's do this one. One minus one. And your mom is a teacher, so. Okay. Who thinks they're really good at math? I mean, it just, 
enjoys it, likes numbers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Shelby's awesome at math. What about, you know, your te- I, ha- I had a teacher whose name was um, David Barton, who was just a, a brilliant guy. He actually wrote a lot of mainframe code that's been used by um, Xerox for years and still being used today. He passed away some time ago, but he was just great with numbers. It, it was so awesome. What about God? You think God's good with math? Surprisingly, he's bad at some math. Ooh. (laughs) Sometimes God can be bad at math. Let's take a look at this. Let's start with this first math lesson I have for you set up over there. (laughs) Sam says no. All right, so... I told you I was wanted to do more of the stuff that Tammy and Beth were doing because it holds your attention. So. so I have this bottle of water. I'm going to spill it all over myself. I know it. I'm going to pour the contents of this into this cup. Wow. So... If I want to fill up this cup with this water, will it hold it all? You thought I was going to spill it, didn't you? Okay, so this, what was in here, went in there perfectly, right? It's full to the top. Now what, let's just switch this. What if I said I want to fill both of these cups to the top with this water? Is it going to work? Let's try it. I'll even, I'll even cheat and do a little at a time. So, okay, that's half. Pretty good. Pretty good. Okay. Didn't work, did it? Pretty obvious why. Because one cup equals one cup. If you have two cups, it's not going to work. Believe it or not, there is a story in the Bible that deals with this situation, and the math is wrong. So we're going to talk about it. From the Bible, it says, The wife of, of a man from the company of prophets called Elisha said this. She said, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. And Elisha replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? She said, your servant has nothing at all except just this little jar of olive oil. And Elisha said, well, go around and ask all your neighbors to give you as many bowls and whatever they can find, whatever Tupperware that they have, and, and bring it to your house. Go do that. And then go inside and shut the door behind you and then... Um, pour the little oil that you have in the bowls and fill them all up. So she left and she shut the door behind her and she did just that with her son. They brought the jars to her and she just kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. And he replied, there's no jars left. And then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God and he said, go and sell the oil and pay your debts and you and your sons can live on what is left. So this is really bad math on God's point. Because he's telling her to, 
here's how much olive oil. Now, olive oil was very valuable back then. It did a lot of things. It was used for so many different things. You could eat it. You could use it to burn stuff with. And it was very valuable. And this woman, this poor woman, lost her husband. And she had nothing to, no income. You know, they didn't have um, probably an inheritance then. Or they didn't collect Social Security from him. So she had to pay for all his debts. And they came calling. And back then, unfortunately, they would take your kids, if you had them, especially boys, and put them to work until they worked off your debt, which could take many, many years. So she couldn't do that, so she went to this prophet Elisha. And he, a prophet, for those of you that might not know, is somebody that God um, gives wisdom and knowledge and tells them to tell his people what's going on. He also gives them powers through God. They're not powerful. God uses them basically as a tool. So he said, all right, go show me how much olive. She goes, this is how much olive oil I got. But I got all these things coming in. And how can I possibly fill them up? But he did. She did. I can't do that. I can't. We proved that as impossible, right? It's impossible. So that's one example of God being bad at math. But one thing we can remember about God and, and, and learn from this is God doesn't have to abide by our knowledge of math to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. So let's move on to the second lesson. Does anybody know they're greater thans and less thans? You know, it's, River does? Okay, cool. Let's see if you can. Uh, is that true or False. 10 is not greater than 20, right? Okay, good. I didn't hear a Shelby answer. So 10 is not greater than 20. That's a definite no. So 100, yes, River, a resounding yes from River. And you are exactly right. We'll just check the answer here. Yes. Okay. Now we have a uh, another one here. Is broccoli greater than donuts? Who thinks broccoli is better than donuts? Two people. Okay. Three. Either way. Okay. Yeah. So. So I put this together. So my answer was no way. Sorry, broccoli. Just didn't. You just doesn't cut it. It seems pretty simple. Greater than. So you have two of something. It's greater than one. It's a pretty easy concept. So naturally, I want to talk now about donuts and bears. Now let's 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 tell a story, and this might sound familiar. Let's say you're visiting your grandma, and and she and before you leave her house. She puts your little red, you know, cape on, and, and, she, and she gives you a, a dozen freshly made donuts from her secret recipe, and she tells you to go straight home with them, and, you know, gives you a little kiss on the cheek, and you start walking through the woods, and, and, one, and you come across this place where there's a bunch of rocks. You trip, and one donut falls out. One, one donut falls out, and you get up, and you turn around, and you look, and there's a bear standing there next to the donut. Now... You have a decision to make. Do I fight off this bear 
to get that one donut because I want 12. I don't want 11 donuts. I need 12. It's, 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 it's an even number. I'm OCD, and I can't deal with 11 donuts. So if you got to make that decision. Now, most sane people would say, you know, it's probably not worth that one donut because what if I go over there and fight the bear while holding the 11, and then I drop the 11, I have no donuts, and I fought a bear and lost. That's, that's not the story you want to tell. If it were me, yeah, five second row. If it were me, I'd rather be alive eating 11 donuts than wrestling a bear and eating none. <laughs> Believe it or not, children, there is a story in the Bible that is very similar to this, and we actually sung about it today. I'm going to read this story to you. This was Jesus when he was with his disciples, and he um, was talking to them, just giving them some good advice and kind of, you know, relating some stories and and how it could impact their life. And he talked about them, and he said this. He said, then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after that one lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. And then he calls all of his friends over, and they celebrate and rejoice with him. He said, rejoice with me because I have lost my sheep, but I have found them. And I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not repent. Now, that is an interesting story. Now, we use donuts because most of us probably don't have sheep. But if you can imagine, I mean, that sheep are valuable to, to the shepherd. I mean, they, they provide income for them, and they care about their sheep. And, and the sheep will follow that, that um, the sheep, the, yeah, the sheep will follow that shepherd wherever they go. And you could think, okay, I have 100 sheep. Now, if you notice, he says, would you leave them in the open country? What that means is, listen, if you leave them, They are going to be defenseless against anything that comes after them. But you really want to risk that to go get the one. And Jesus says, that's exactly what we need to do. We need to be focused on that one where where sometimes it feels like more comfortable to stay here. It's like there's nothing we can do about that one. That one is just as valuable as a million others to God. And when we start understanding that every life, I was was driving up to the mountain today and uh, I'll have to be honest, the bikers up there, I tell Michelle this all the time, they, the pedal bikers that go up the mountain, they're always in the road. It's like, oh, and, and here's a question. Why do they have to wear the special outfits when they, when they bike? <laughs> I mean, I can see if you're, in a, if you're in a contest or something, but just going up a mountain, I mean, it looks like they're, I don't know. But anyway, so <laughs> I had a different, I had a change of heart this morning. I saw one and I'm like, And God's like, that's my child. That's my child. And then I started thinking of everybody. And and we cannot say that nobody, that this person is not your child. Every person you see, every person you meet is his child. And he he is telling us today to say, I'll leave you all behind to go get that one. You need to do the same. That doesn't make sense, though, right? Another math issue. Now, here's the third lesson. This gets a little deep, but have you ever saved uh, money for something? Kids, adults, when you were younger, you save up to buy something, and you did? You want to tell us what it was? or? 
He's still saving. Okay. Is it a gift for me? For me? Oh, for him. I tried to nudge that in there, but it didn't work. PS4 Pro. Good. So you have a goal, right? You're just going to save everything you have. There's no more change anymore, so I don't know how you're doing that. But I've been there too, right? You save, you put stuff in your piggy bank, and you drop nickels and pennies in there, whatever you can get. And let's use a bike as an analogy. So you finally get enough to buy a bike. You finally get enough when you're a kid, like, this is my first bike, I'm going to buy it. And it's not only a bike, it's like the best bike you could ever, ever find anywhere. And it's just, like, perfect. So I went online and I looked for what I would think is the most perfect bike, you know, precious and just beautiful, and, and found this. So that, that is your bike. I could see myself riding that up the mountain wearing my outfit. So that bike, you, you spent, and you had all your money. It's got a little uh, ringy-ding thing. So you spent all your time saving and putting your money away for this bike, and you finally get this bike, and you have it, and it, it's, it's the best. I mean, it's, it's, it's valuable. Maybe not this one, but it's, it's like the best bike you could ever have. And then somebody says, hey, I was wondering if you'd trade that bike. You think about it for a minute and say, there's, no, there's nothing that, you could, that could be better than this bike. He said, yeah, but I'll trade you for this. Ew. Right? It's just a pile of scrap metal. Well, Rob, Rob would pick the scrap metal because he would make like 15 bikes out of it. But who would trade the most beautiful bike in the world for a pile of scrap metal besides Rob? even though there is probably a bunch of material in there to make bikes. But it's just not worth it, right? It doesn't compare. Like, if River, when he gets his PS4 Pro... V-Box? Okay, just... Okay. It's getting expensive over here. So when he gets his PS4, I'm going to come to him and say, Hey, I have a pad of paper with a pencil. Can I trade you for it? What would you say? <laughs> He's too busy laughing. It just doesn't compare. It's not the same, right? It's just not. Now, let's see what God does. I mean, that's an investment we make. We make an investment in this bike or whatever we're buying. And it's, we finally get a return on our investment, and that's the thing that we purchase. Let's see what God does with his investments. It's going to seem like God's not a very good investor. Did you know that? First of all, did you know that God created us, all of us? From the beginning of time, and he continues to do it today, we're continually created by God. We are his children. And when God created the first human beings um, ever, their names were Adam and Eve, they were perfect, so perfect that God could walk and talk and have relationship with them. Literally in the garden, they just, would you, could you imagine just walking with, with God and just hanging out with him and, and just, it, it would be incredible. They had that, but the bad news for them, is there was this character we call Satan or the devil, and he tricked them into doing something that God forbid them to do. And once that happened, they were no longer perfect. In fact, God could no longer walk and talk with them like he used to because they weren't perfect, and he was. God is perfect, and he cannot physically be around imperfection. It can't happen. Nobody was happy with this. Adam and Eve regretted being tricked, and God missed walking with his people. 
Do you know that we're all descendants of Adam and Eve? They're your great, 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 great. We could be here all day, grandparents. We are all related. I'm going to talk to the young ones now, or youngish. Everybody's young when you're my age. I'm not real. I'm 50, so everybody 49 and younger is young. But have you ever had somebody come up to you and say, "You look just like your mom," or "You look just like your dad"? No. Anybody else? Usually that happens, right? Why is that? Why do you think you look like your mom or your dad? Genetics. Bad luck. I'm so glad my parents moved down here. But that's, that's a natural thing, right? You, you look like your parents. It's called inheritance. We kind of inherit their genes, right, with what they have. And sometimes, like I inherited my mom's teeth. I wish I inherited my dad's. He, he went to the dentist after not going for like 20 years, and he's almost 80 years old, and he has no cavities at all. It's just... So we inherit some things from our parents. <laughs> we, in, we inherit their looks and other things. Um, and the other thing we inherit, unfortunately, and this is the bad news, is this thing called sin. We inherit that bad decision that Adam and Eve made way, way back. And the only other way for us to get back to God is if we don't sin, but that is impossible to do on our own. Okay, have a good day. I'll leave you with that. But you see, there, there is a price that has to be paid for what we've done. And in order to be with God again one day, that price needs to be met. If we want to walk and talk with God again one day, that price of sin needs to be paid. It's nothing we can afford. Nobody can afford to pay this. Jeff Bezos, if you don't know him, he's the Amazon guy. He can't afford Jeff Bezos. He can't afford to pay it, and he makes a gazillion dollars a minute. Nobody will be able to pay this except God. He has something so valuable that this one thing will pay the price, not just for you or me, but for everyone who has ever lived and everyone who will live. This has to be a very valuable thing to God. His son, Jesus Christ, is the one. He's perfect. There's no sin. He's like the brand new best bike ever. So God says, I'm willing to exchange that one thing. I'm willing to exchange this for all of this. God, that doesn't make sense. You're giving away something perfect for all of our junk. Why would he do this? Because you are valuable to him. You may look at yourself like that. You may look at that scrap heap and think, that's my life right now. That's where I am. Or maybe you're younger and it's like, I don't know what's going on. I, I, I'm confused about a lot of things. I don't feel like I'm valuable to anybody. But here's the amazing thing. God can take you from that scrap pile and bring you back to what you created to be. Just like Rob could, would, would want that um, scrap pile to make a bunch of things, God says, you see a scrap pile, I see beauty, and here's how we're going to work on this together. But the same one that stole that relationship from us, that same enemy that stole it, 
not so long ago, will also try to tell you that you are not valuable. Don't listen to him. I'm telling you, if you're, if you're younger, especially vulnerable, like when you're in high school and stuff, you got a lot coming at you, whether you're in school or not. You have a lot of friends that are just blowing up your feed with stuff, and it just gets crazy, and you start to wonder who you are. And the enemy's going to whisper to you and say, they're all those things they say you are. So you just got to believe it and go. I'm telling you right now, it's a bunch of lies. This is the same, the same fool in the garden that tried to tell us that we can do whatever we want and look where it got us. I'm telling you right now, do not listen to the whispers of the enemy. You are more valuable than anybody would ever believe, even you would believe. Let me go back to the bike analogy for a moment. If the enemy was trying to get you to buy a bike from him, he would list it on eBay like the beautiful bike that it is. But when you get it, it would end up being a scrap heap. He can put all the descriptors around it. He can say, this is the best thing in the world. You'll, you'll never be sorry you bought this bike. It's, it's going to do all this stuff, but you're going to end up with just that. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy. Don't get caught up on what the picture looks like. The real thing is old, broken down, and going nowhere. You may think this sounds too good to be true. Well, it is true, and it's truth. But there's one thing that God asks us, one thing that he's asking us in order to go from that to the beautiful bike is to believe in him and believe in his son. The kind of belief that makes you want to know everything about God, the kind of belief that makes you want to do all the research on who Jesus is, and take every opportunity to learn who God is and who Jesus is. That's what the church is here for. We are supposed to do this. We are supposed to help all of us, me, you, understand a little bit more about who this God is and why he loves us so much. In fact, you will know so much about God and his son that something crazy will happen. Your life will start to change. Not because you willed to do it, but because you've learned so much about him that you start becoming him, and that's when you know you are saved. It's not just the words. I, this might be a sensitive subject in, in the Christian world, but just saying I believe in God and I believe in Jesus, that's the beginning of a relationship. That's the beginning of a relationship. When you, when you acknowledge something exists, then you start to seek it out. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and then all of these things will be brought to you. When you say to God, I believe you, what does that belief mean to you? Are you going to start seeking him? Are you going to start knowing him? Because if you don't know God, if you don't know Jesus, if you don't understand, and reading the Bible is a, is a part of it, and I know the Bible's huge, it's got all these fancy words and, and thou's and thy's and all these TH words, and it's hard to understand, but as, as, as a church and as your brothers and sisters in Christ, we can help and we can learn and we can go through this together because once we get who Jesus is, our life is going to change. And that scrap heap, which God already changes on you on the inside, is going to start to look different to everybody. So you know something looks different about you. It's going to happen. And it starts with just saying yes. 
Just say, God, I believe. I believe you created me, and I believe that you sent your son so that one day I can get back into relationship with you where I belong. That's it. You don't have to go through classes. You don't have to take an online course to become a Christian. You just have to acknowledge that God created you and that we fell in sin. And the only way we can get back to him is if we say, yes, God, I I believe you. I believe your son was sent and died for me. And I know that I need to change who I am. And I can only do that through you. You look at that and you say, God, that's a really bad investment. I know who I am. You sent your son for me. But he did. And there's, and there's nothing you can do. There's no bad thing you can do that's going to exempt you from this. There's nothing. It's, it's, he's for you. He is for you. I know we talked about bears and donuts and all kinds of broccoli and stuff, but the truth of the matter is when we start looking at God logically, he doesn't make sense. That's comforting to me because we're mere humans. If I, if I understood everything about God, he wouldn't be God to me. It's, it's the things that I don't know about God that make me realize I, I know nothing but I trust you with everything. So listen, I'm going to pray. And if you've never asked God, if you've never had that conversation with God to just acknowledge who he is, who his son is, and why you need him, then as you're praying, I encourage you to do that. And by doing that, that's the first step in becoming, um, going to a place where God's going to take you from there and lead you into what he has for you. So I'm going to ask you to do that. And you do not have to raise your hand. If you want to, I would encourage, though, if you say that for the first time, you share with somebody, call a friend. You can talk to me. You can talk to anybody in here and just say, you know, I said that for the first time. Because it's an exciting start. You're starting new. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I just thank you this morning for who you are, first of all. Someone that takes what little we have and pours it out and it just never stops. Someone who comes for us and leaves a significant amount of other people behind just for us. And Father, someone who would trade our ugly, trade ugliness for beauty, Father. You take what we give you, which is sin and, and ugliness, Father, and you give us something brand new and eternal. And for that, we are thankful, Father, and we are overwhelmed. Father, you are truth. And Father, I come against the enemy who's trying to already get into people's heads this morning that this isn't for you. You know what you've done. I don't care what this person on the stage said. You're not going to ever live up. Not even, don't even bother trying. In the name of Jesus Christ, I just tell the enemy just to get out of their head in this moment because it's not true. Your word is a testimony to that. You left, you leave the 99 behind for the one. And Father, I pray as, as those who may be calling out to you for the first time and just saying yes and saying, yeah, I, 
I want to know you, God, and I, I, I know you created me, and I, I know you sent your son to die just so I could live. Father, I pray that you just meet them where they are today and let it be the beginning of something new. And as, as we all can attest, Father, just because it's new, it's not perfect. It's going to be bumpy. It's going to be messy, Father, but we can always turn to you and look to you, Father. You are our salvation. And Father, I thank you for this group here and Father, for what you're doing in, in their lives. And we pray for what's going on in our country and in the world with this virus that we're all sick of hearing from Father and Lord we get we know you can take care of this and so we trust you with that you know what you're doing Father and we thank you that you are in control no matter what we see around us and Father I thank you for the families represented here Father that you just bless them and keep them cause your face to shine upon them we pray this in Jesus name amen and amen God bless you all. Thank you for coming today, and um, I hope you have a good day today, and enjoy the sunny weather. It's a little hot, but, and we have to do the social distance exit routine, so if you are in this section over, you may head out. If you want to hang out outside, that's perfectly fine. We'll come out and talk with you, but thank you.